the James Suckling podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. How did the harvest come? I heard a lot of good um, comments about 2021, even though it was short and drought, you know, drought conditions. I mean, honestly, I think everyone's putting a good spin on it, right? Because 2020 was horrific. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was a good growing year. The, the drought conditions had an impact. Everybody was, sh- should be down by 40 to 60%. Um, yeah. Berries were really small. Wow. Um, there's, you know, it's the Tahoe fires, um, you know, even though it was old smoke, did blow some smoke on Napa Valley in, you know, during Verasion. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's TBD. No one's showing smoke signs yet, but we're all, you know, after 17, 18 and 20, a little yeah. high. So uh, who knows? Uh, but the quality looks good. It's just the quantity is way down. And the, the trade is hoarding now 19s because they're panicking that there's no 20s. And uh, good now they're worried that 21s are going to be probably half of what they should have been. Uh, that's a really good point. Wow. And what did that, what sort of, uh, what did you have to do in the winemaking? I mean, I assume you had to be very careful with your extraction because you had small berries and thick skins, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone was real careful. Um, and, you know, the, the goal was to, you know, try to extract as much juice as possible. Um, and, you know, uh, it was disappointing. And so we were left with a lot of barrels, empty barrels. <laughs> wow. That's uh, nuts. The barrel, co- the barrel companies, think about that in the glass companies, no 2020 and half of 2021. They're not happy. Wow. So that's interesting because also I read in the press, but maybe it wasn't California where they were saying <clears throat> that there was a um, logistics problem with getting glass. You know, um, the supply chain has been, you know, yeah. 19 was a big crop. And so everybody was trying to get more glass than they planned for. And it's just not available. It's all it's stuck in Europe. And so oh, okay. unless you bought from Mexico or there was excess Chinese glass in warehouses. But we we found that a lot of we've had to make some glass choices different than what we normally do uh, just because we didn't have enough glass. How fascinating. Like different yeah. colors and stuff, or not different colors, but different molds, um, and uh, you know. But you got to have. Some, I mean, look, it's either that or keeping it in barrel or stainless steel longer. So um, yeah, you know, everyone. Isn't great. You know. And what? Um, <clears throat> and were prices much more for glass then? Had they gone up a lot? Yeah, like twenty percent. It's fifteen to twenty percent. I mean, everything. I mean, you look at the ports everywhere. It's just crazy. Uh, we've got clients out in your neck of the woods in China and mm-hmm. Hong Kong that can't get, you know, their 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 wine. Uh, there's just no shipping, or it's delayed by sixty or ninety days. I'm supposed to be doing a wine maker dinner at the Hong Kong Jockey Club in February, and uh, you know we're still having a hard time booking their shipment. <laughs> this is crazy. But are you trying to ship by? DH by like FedEx or DHL, are you shipping by um, by container? Um, this is going by sea. I'm a reefer. Okay. So tell me how you uh, like the 19s compared to 18s, or if you could compare the two, what do you think? 
Well, I mean, you, you obviously know better than I do because you've, you've tasted so many. Um, yeah. I actually think the 19th better than the 18s. I think the year, growing year was was more calm and more consistent and cooler and longer um, than 18 that had the spikes. Um, yeah. And 18, as I mentioned, you know, there, there could be some issues um, with the, the Camp Paradise fires up north that drops smoke, heavy smoke. It smelled like a barbecue in Napa. Nothing's manifested itself yet, but we don't know oh. down the road. Um, it's interesting because I did have a couple producers um, with 18 who didn't make um, a couple wines because they were high on Howl Mountain. And yeah. they said that smoke just um, laid on top of there. So it is interesting you say that. Not many people speak about that with 18. I really like the vintage because <clears throat> they're really balanced and fresh and fine tannins. But 19 seems to, well, it's much more uh, typical uh, and beautiful. It's like eight, 18 with a little bit more flesh and sort of pure fruit character. That's how I, I would agree with you. And I think, James, no one really wants to talk about, you know, smoke damage or anything like yeah. that. But it's, it's a reality from 17 to 20. And, yeah. uh, um, you know, hopefully it's not in the wine. Um but sometimes, like, remember the fires in 2008 in Sonoma, you're kind of getting that in the Pinot Noirs now. Yeah, I remember that, of course. That was the real, that was the first real example of that, where you see it, you know, later and it comes out and, you know, people didn't realize that. I had a few with Don um, Pats a couple of years ago, stuff that he made. And Donald was just like, yeah, look, we didn't even see that at the time. So, um but I think that we're all better, um, at least the winemakers are better at seeing this and, and, you know, and doing the due diligence. So luckily, I haven't come across a lot of wines with smoke tank, and I'm pretty sensitive to it because I've had a lot of practice in Australia about 10 years ago. Yeah, so, you're, the only, you're the only one because, I mean, we're, people, we're still trying to train people about cork tank, let alone <laughs> trying to educate about smoke tank. Um, but, uh, you know, the, one of the other difference between 19 and 18, in my opinion, is it was another year of drought. And so the vines, uh, you know, from anywhere from a thousand feet up, they just kept going deeper and deeper looking for water. So the berries were much smaller. And so uh. the, the ratio of juice to skin was greater. So the tannins are much larger in the 19s, I think, than the 18. Yeah, you're right. Then that's a very good point because 18 was a pretty, we you know, it was a big crop too. So you, that's one reason why the tannins seemed a little bit um less because you had a lot of juice and and i know that uh like i remember paul hobbs said he had to cut back crop twice and it just kept on coming yep. so and 19 wasn't like that then they were sort of just set in their ways and but again drought a bit so that's really interesting are these wines in your mind that need uh a lot of age or you or you find them approachable now as well I mean, I, I think they're made in a drinkable fashion. Um, yeah. The world's changed, James. I mean, I when I started in the 80s, you know, we would never drink a, a wine this young. Um, and yeah. it's got to the point now that the younger generation, that's what they like. They like big, bold, fresh, fruity. Um, Good. They don't eat, they don't eat wine. Um, and in fact, I did this dinner and there were a bunch of billionaires in Maui and half of them were under 30 years old on private jets and you know they admitted to me they just don't like wines that are older than five years because they think it's lost their their you know the elements of of fleshiness and uh chewiness and things like that wow 
That's really fascinating. Um, so, you know, I, I go with the flow, but, you know, for me, you know, we talked a little bit about like when I do wine seminars, um, I always talk about my sweet spot for wine. Everyone's different. But for me, I need at yeah. least 10, 15 years of age on wine to really get into it. But this younger generation, my kids are the same way. I got kids in their 20s and they, they all, them and all their friends. It's all about, you know, what what's current. You know, yeah, that's really true. Well, when you come out, you got to meet Steph and Aisha. They're just... Um, I'd really like to meet them. They're great partners, James. Um, they they came out last weekend. We did a charity event. And uh, it was poker at my house with Steph and Thomas Keller cooking. It went for $365,000. And they do stuff like that with us all the wow. time. And, uh, um, you know, they pick grapes. Um, they blend. They do everything. And... You know, I say that because I'm really opposed to celebrity products. Everybody is making a tequila. Everybody's making a wine. But right. they're real partners in food and yeah. wine. And, um, you know, I told them from the get-go nine years ago, we're only doing, you know, 500 to 1,000 cases. And it's got to be something you got to – that's why we put their name on it. You know, they want to yeah. keep it for the kids. Have a great, uh, have a great James, evening. Good, great keep, to catch keep up. Keep us posted on when you guys uh, post stuff, okay? Yeah, will too. Okay, All right, bro, thanks again. Thanks, it was fun. Thank you.